When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is what we do each and every night, 8 o'clock, when we have a full uninterrupted vehicle, of course. Grasa us! Touching on the big stories, the newsmakers, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be sports, as a matter of fact, because we just got done talking about the passing of the great Carl Weathers and the guy that he is always going to be closest associated with on the screen is of course Sylvester Stallone who posted this message on Instagram earlier today on Carl Weathers passing hello everyone today is an incredibly sad day for me I mean I'm so torn up I can't even tell you I'm just trying to hold it in because Carl Weathers was such an integral part of my life my success everything about it. I I give him incredible credit and kudos because when he walked into that room and I saw him for the first time, I saw greatness, but I didn't realize how great. I never could have accomplished what we did with Rocky without him. He was absolutely brilliant. His voice, his size, his power, his athletic ability, but more importantly, his heart, his soul. It's, it, it's a horrible loss. And I'm standing here in front of this painting because it was probably the last moment we were ever in the ring together and I'll never forget it. He was magic. And I was so fortunate to be part of his life. So, Apollo, keep punching. Well said. And if you look at the visual, the painting he was talking about, it's that famous one at the end of Rocky. Remember at the end of Rocky three, like Rocky and Apollo were in the ring. It's kind of like that little, you know, you owe me a favor payoff and they're in the empty gym. And, you know, the movie ends where they both throw that punch at the same time. And then Eye of the Tiger starts playing. And then it transitions into that famous Leroy Neiman painting of the two of them punching. Well, it's that painting. That he's standing in front of. I'm sure he has the, you know, he uh, ended up owning it there. So just, you know, historical, iconic. What more can you say? But uh, well said by Sylvester Stallone. Let's transition to some sports. And uh, Julian, let's transition to some Jalen Brunson. What do you think? I think we should. So Julian Brunson, or Julian Brunson. Julian, you know, it's the same thing. Jalen Brunson, of course. Uh, made the all-star team for the first time in the NBA last night. Here was uh, Jalen after the game on that selection. Really thankful for my family, my wife, my teammates, coaches, past teammates and coaches, all that. Um, really thankful for all of them. And, um, yeah, just uh, it's, a, it's a great moment. It is a great moment. You know, like I said, but as I said earlier in the show, I don't necessarily look at it as, hey, it's it's validation. To me, it just calls to mind even greater how much of a mistake everybody made last year in snubbing him for making the All-Star team. Because he should have been an All-Star. This should be his second All-Star appearance, not his first. But normally, th- these type of things, like when they happen, 
for the first time. It always happens like a year after it should. So now Brunson, I think, has established himself enough to where he's going to be a mainstay if he just goes out there and does what you expect him to do. And he's going to be an all-star year in and year out. At least you hope so. We played that interview earlier, the one that our good buddy Alan Hahn did with Jalen on the court at MSG. And you saw Jalen maybe getting a little emotional, the crowd chanting in the background. It was sensational. It was one of those great moments. So what did Jalen think about that on-court interview that he had? For sure. It was uh it was really cool, the whole experience, the night, uh, how we won, obviously what happened before the game. You always work for certain moments, but you never know how to react once they happen. So uh, it, was, it was special. Really cool to see. And, again, all the accolades well-deserved for Jalen Brunson and what he has done for this team. Uh, Julian, let's transition to another one, shall we? Grasa us. Let's do some football. You know, like I said, it's a football Friday. I'm not getting away from it, even though we don't have an NFL game this weekend. So the Super Bowl's coming up next Sunday. Chiefs, Niners. And there's still a lot of this, like when people aren't talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, the drama surrounding San Francisco is still about Brock Purdy. Because despite the fact that all Brock Purdy does is win, and remember something, Brock Purdy and the 49ers have not lost a postseason game that Brock Purdy has actually finished. Remember, he got hurt in the NFC Championship game last year. People still want to look at him as nothing more than a game manager and that he's not any good and that he's a byproduct of the talent and the system and all those other things. The latest to share that sentiment is none other than a former MVP himself, Cam Newton. This was him on the 4th and 1 podcast talking about Brock Purdy. I've never said that Brock Parity was trash. What I did say is Brock Parity is a game manager. That's not hate. That's just what I feel to be facts. But I still reserve the right to say this. To be labeled a game changer, Brock Parity has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. And that's not the case. And who's the best player? T- Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Man, look, I ain't recanting And if you really want to just be honest, if you add in a defensive talent and you add in an offensive talent, Brock Parity is the 10th best player on this team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. But he's still the 10th best player on his team. Number one, he's not the 10th best player on his team. The Niners would not be in this position if he's the 10th best player on his team because there are different degrees of what you are asked to do in regards to your football team. Those are just facts. You know, you could be the best kicker in the league. You could be the best punter in the league, but you're only asked to kick every so often. The quarterback has a world of responsibility on his plate. See, that's not fair. That's not fair. Brock Purdy's not the 10th best player on the 49ers. Any guy in that locker room, any coach will tell you he's not the 10th best player. So, when you talk about 49er quarterback issues, who better to consult with than the guy who was better than any of them to wear that uniform? The great Joe Montana, number 16, who made an appearance today on the Pat McAfee Show on ESPN, and he talked about the whole concept of Brock Purdy and being a game manager. He hasn't had the chance to work with other receivers, and I think that's that's not a negative on him. It's just that people haven't seen him do that yet. I mean, obviously, there was some reason 
that um, that the 49ers liked him to be able to take him last in the draft, the things that they saw on tape. And I, I don't think it's it'll matter who who's out there. He's right now he's fortunate because he's got some he's got some pretty good studs out there that can give him the ball and hey they can go the distance and nothing wrong with that. Everybody's had those in their lifetime. So that give you know I I don't even think about that twice. I just think that it's a plus for him. I, 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 you know Joe also said something interesting. We don't have the sound bite, but he also said on the on on Pat's show today. You know, when he played, his job was essentially be the mailman, deliver the mail, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And right now, I mean, if you're Brock Purdy, for example, is he supposed to apologize for having incredible skill position players around him, whether it's Christian McCaffrey, whether it's Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle? What is he supposed to do? So if he gets the ball to them, he doesn't get any credit for it? It's those other guys that are doing all the work? I just think we make way too – see, here's the difference, in my opinion. And, look, I could be proven wrong a week from Sunday. But from what I've seen of Brock Purdy up until now, right, Jimmy Garoppolo was a guy who also, when he was with the 49ers, all he did was win. You know, you look at his wins and losses record. All he did was win. But Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, was more of a game manager than Brock Purdy was. Because in that Super Bowl game four years ago, when the, when the Niners had a 10-point lead and there were plays to be made by the quarterback, he couldn't make the plays. Brock Purdy could make the plays. Look at what Brock Purdy had to do, lead two game-winning drives each of the last two weeks in the postseason. Game managers aren't doing that. Let's move on, Julian, to another one. Grasa us. Let's keep the Super Bowl theme going here a little bit, but we're also going to tie it into the NHL All-Star Weekend, which is happening, right, in Toronto. I think they're having the skills competition right now. I'm not paying any attention to it. But you have local representation, of course. Matt Barzell is there representing the New York Islanders. And when they were doing, like, the media scrum and everything the other day, he, of course, just like I'm sure every NHL player at the All-Star Weekend, had to be asked about one of the most important hot-button issues in our society today. That, of course, being the Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift relationship. Matt, what do you think? I'm pumped. I, lo- I love football, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Ryan Patty Mahomes. Yeah, I love him, so he's, he's the best. So I, I like watching greatness. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, annoy you, excite you? No, it doesn't annoy me at all. Um, I don't really understand the whole thing, people saying that it's annoying. I think it's, I kind of like it. I mean, I like Taylor, and uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, sure, he's outspoken and whatnot, but his game speaks for itself. Like, he is a gamer, and you got to respect it. So, um, yeah, I like it. I haven't really weighed in too much on this because, frankly, I could care less, but the people that are actually wasting brain cells and wasting sleep, that this bothers them, they really need to check themselves. Like, why should this get in the way of you enjoying a football game or enjoying anything? Who Travis Kelsey's dating, who Taylor Swift is dating, she's, they show her on TV literally for like, I think last week it was 40 seconds or something like that, or no more than like a minute and 10 seconds of the entire game. That's how long she was on. Who cares? Like, that's really depriving you from enjoying a football game. Now, look, 
if we were having this discussion and if this was all the outrage, let's say, back in early October when this relationship began and got off, like that night the Kansas City came to play the Jets on Sunday Night Football. And there were all these measures in place, like the stakeout. Is Taylor Swift coming to the game? And where is she going to be sitting? And all the cam- – like, I saw it firsthand. I was in the stadium that night. It was ridiculous. If this was then, then I could maybe meet you halfway and say, all right, the coverage is a little bit crazy. But you know what? We've already had almost a full season of this already. You should be used to it. Who cares? Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the football game. Because as I've said many times, after this one, you don't have another game for eight more months. You're going to miss football. Now, Matt Barzell is there, of course, as a hockey player, and his Islanders have themselves a new head coach in Patrick Awah. What has that experience been like, Matt? Yeah, it's been great. Patrick's been, been awesome for our team, for our group, for myself personally. Um, he sparked our group. He's really, really brought in a new energy that we've jumped on, jumped on the back of, and uh, I think we're, we've played our best hockey of the year lately. You know, so um, I'm, I'm extremely happy that uh, you know he's our guy. They got some work to do, obviously. We'll see how active at all they're going to be leading up to the trade deadline. Um, fresh voice was needed. I think that was obvious. And look, having an icon like Patrick Waugh, one of the best to ever put on a pair of skates um, and have him be behind the bench for one of the teams in this area, I don't think it's anything but a positive, to be quite honest with you. By the way, we were talking about the programming reminders with the Saturday show starting up again in a couple of weeks. The 24th of February, I've been told, we're bringing the Saturday show out to UBS Arena before the Islanders. I think they're playing Tampa Bay. It's a 12-30 game that day. So Friday, uh, Saturday the 24th, we'll be doing the show from out at UBS Arena before Islanders Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, uh, Julian, give me another one, shall we? Peter Laviolette is also up in Toronto with the All-Star Weekend. He will be coaching the Metropolitan Division squad. And this isn't Lavi's first rodeo with the All-Star game. He's been there before. What does he think of the experience? It's uh, it's always fun to come here. And, um, you know, for me to be a representative of the New York Rangers and our staff and our players and our coaches for a strong start to the season, I'm, I'm honored to be here and do that. But... It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I was just asked about the stress level, and for me, not so much here. It's, uh, it's just a fun event. It's great for the players to get recognized. Uh, it's great for the fans who support the game so much. So, um, you know, being at these in the past, it's a really, it's a really good event just to uh, see the best players in the world showcase their talent. And both the Rangers and the Islanders, actually, like, they're right back to work. You know, Monday, when the league starts up again, they're playing. Like, there's only two games on Monday night. Rangers are in one game, and the Islanders are in another game. So they are right back at it. We'll see if the Blue Shirts can pick up where they left off last week when they smoked Ottawa. That was just one game, and they had to come from behind to do it. But let's see if this carries over a little bit here. Still in good shape, but certainly the cracks that they've shown over the last couple of weeks, that is not what you are going to expect from them moving forward. And they got to tighten up the goaltending. Um, I think that goes without saying. Uh, next one, Julian. Grasa us. All right, let's go back to football for a second. Now, Chargers have a new head coach. His name is Jim Harbaugh, right? We've talked about him already on the show tonight. He had his introductory press conference yesterday. I was watching it. Uh, and he was a little out there. That's how Jim is. You know, he gets excited about certain things. And I don't know, maybe because he was in L.A. and he was near Hollywood that he wanted to reference the movies because he couldn't help himself starting with Shawshank. I could describe it to you. would be like, 
It'd be like Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Redemption, you know, red, you know. I'm so excited that I, I find I, you know, I can't sit still or, or hold a thought in my head, you know, uh, what a free man would feel before a long journey. And uh, I just want to make it across the border, want to uh, shake my friend's hand. That's, that's how I feel. I mean, look, he's excited to take the job, but I don't know if I could get the Shawshank analogy. Like, remember, the, the Morgan Freeman character was serving a life sentence in prison, finally got out, and he ended up meeting his old buddy Andy Dufresne there on the, uh, the tropical island. And, you know, they lived happily ever after or whatever the hell they did the rest of their lives. But, I mean, Jim Harbaugh just coached the team that won a national championship in Michigan. I didn't know that Michigan was Shawshank, right? I mean, I guess maybe abiding by the rules of the NCAA, like he can't go spying on other teams, maybe that is what he felt was punitive. But, I don't know, he kind of lost me with that one. So, forget about the movies. Jim says, you know what? TV is also a popular medium. How about Ted Lasso? Let's uh, hearken some of his sayings, right? Oh, yeah, there's some things I've copied from Ted Lasso. I try, I try to emulate Ted Lasso uh, in a lot of ways. That's, that's, that's TV show, yeah, that's, that's one of the best. Jason Sudeikis. Uh, you know, tremendous. I got a great story of how I met Jason Sudeikis. Uh, uh, but I think that there's a life lesson in every every one of those episodes. If you haven't seen that show, piece of advice, if I may, watch the Ted Lasso show. Never, never met him. Uh, maybe I will one day. I don't know. But I also, and I'll, I'll, I'm not ashamed to admit this. It's not anything that I'm doing deliberately. But I've never seen Ted Lasso. Haven't watched it yet. Julian, are you a Ted Lasso guy? I was and then just fell off. Not for any and reason. Just you, you just couldn't keep up with it? There was just a point where I stopped watching for a while and have not gone back. Yeah. No reason. It's a good show. I did like it, but just need to get back into it. Yeah, every, I mean, everybody swears by it, except that there were some people that were down on the last season. They said the last season left a little bit to be desired. It wasn't at the same level of excellence as maybe the first couple of seasons were, which, all right, fine, that happens. But, yeah, one of these days I got to get back into the uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, and lastly, from uh, Coach Harbaugh, what type of team does he want? I mean, humble and hungry. I mean, right there. I mean, that's, that's where we are right now, humble and hungry, and we're going we're gonna to respect all our opponents and we're going we're gonna to strive that, uh, you know, we're going to earn their respect. And uh, we're going to earn our winning, um, you know, tough team, you know, the resilient team, a relentless team, uh, physical team uh, is what we're going to aspire to be. Don't let the powder blues fool you. That's what we're going to aspire to do. They are the sweetest uniforms probably in the NFL. But, and, and, look, I'm not saying this joking. I, I'm being totally serious when I say this. Everything he says, people should be afraid because that team will be a winner instantly in 2024. You know, so from an AFC standpoint, Giant fans don't got to worry about this, but for the Jets, for the AFC, that's one team that is now firmly, firmly in the postseason conversation next year, at least as far as a wild card is concerned. So you just keep adding these teams that you're going to be in competition with. You only have three wild cards. And I know it's obviously the old saying, but it's really, I think, going to apply again this year. Your best path to the playoffs is winning your division. So if you're the Jets, make plans to win the AFC East if you want to get back to the playoffs. I think that's probably the best way you could go about doing this because I'll tell you, the Chargers, watch out for the Chargers. That dude, say, I know he's a quirky guy. That guy could coach. 
and there's no dispute in that. All right, good edition of Grasa Us. That'll wrap it up here for this Friday. Nice job by everybody involved. We will talk some Senior Bowl with Matt Miller, we hope, coming up in about 10, 15 minutes. When we return, your phone calls at 800-919-3776. Grasa Show on a football Friday, 9870 ESPN. Grasa Us. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Matt Miller on the NFL Draft coming up in a short while, but let's go back to the phones and say hi to John in New Jersey, who is up next here on 98.7. Johnny, how are you? Hello, John. Now right, we're going to move on from John. He's not there, so we move on. Jose's in Brooklyn. He's up next. Hello, Jose. How are you? Good evening, Mr. Grizer. Shout out to the company and hello to Chantel and Julian. Just wanted to definitely um, chime in with the Brock Purdy talk, but um, yeah. I heard heard you mentioning the Ted Lasso. I did watch all three seasons, and it's a very good show. Um, I, I understand why people were disappointed in the third season because it kind of, when you get used to the characters and then it ab- abruptly ends, it's kind of like, whoa, what, what, what happened? So that that's uh, so it kind of disappoints from that. Jose, you're a little hoarse tonight. Is everything all right there with the pipes? What's going on? You got some congestion? Uh, What's no. happening? No, I'm just you know a little raspy today. <laughs> Um, but the the point that I had with Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. and it it was kind of funny to just hear Cam Newton go off, and then like also hear some of Bart Scott's you know takes earlier with with Brock Purdy, and it, and, and I'm not going to say that you know there's a hatred, but it kind of sounds like there's like an envious feeling where people know that they're more talented and that they're more physically gifted than other people. Right. But for some reason, this person is getting all this success and getting all this credit. And when they compare him to the other talents, 
you know, like other like like other quarterbacks, they kind of forget that it's not always about talent. There is a thing called having a winning culture and a winning attitude. And as as you know, since we watch college football, you, you kind of knew who Brock Purdy was at Iowa State, and he did have a winning pedigree. It wasn't as you know sought after as you can say, like a Mac Jones or or you know the other Alabama quarterbacks. But still, it, w- within his rights, when you look up his records and you look up you know what he did, it still it was still very it was still very you know palatable. And now it's just like. We're just, you know, hoping that the, you know, all the scouts were, you know, right because of the fact that they passed on them so many times. And I'm just like, you know what? Sometimes people can be wrong. And in a league that has a turnover of, you know, a thir- you know, of seven to eight coaches, that means scouting scout, scout, scouting teams change from, from, from year to year. And eventually, you know, people do make mistakes where they kind of look at the flashy, you know, arm strength and, you know, and they kind of forget that, you know, hey, the guy had eight seconds to throw. And we all know that in the NFL that doesn't happen. You know, why not go with the guy that, you know, actually game managed? And, and, <laughs> but, you and, know, well, that's well, my thought. Well, yeah, and Jose, and, and we've talked about this, and thanks for the phone call, and get some tea for that uh, voice. Um, the thing is, with look, circumstances play a huge part in this stuff with a quarterback and the success that they have in their careers. Nobody is sitting here and saying that, for example, there aren't more physically talented quarterbacks in the league than Brock Purdy. Of course there are. But you know what? What Brock Purdy is asked to do in that system, he does it really, really well. And I don't know if it's necessarily just plug and play. You put somebody else in there and it's going to work to perfection. You know, and in this, in, in case in point, like if you like Cam Newton, I understand he's got the podcast thing going on here. And, and you know, his career probably didn't have the ending that he hoped it would. But Cam Newton was an MVP and nobody's sitting here saying that he was not more physically gifted than, than Brock Purdy was. Of course he was. Cam Newton's a physical freak. You're not going to find many guys that have ever played the position uh, bigger and, and stronger than he was. But. The only time Cam Newton got to play in the Super Bowl, remember what happened. That was his MVP season in 2015, and he went to the Super Bowl and played a Denver Bronco team who ate him for lunch and destroyed him that day, and he looked like a shell of an MVP. So I don't know if he harbors some of that resentment a little bit that, you know, hey, the one chance he had in the big spot, it didn't work out the way he wanted to, and now you got a guy like Brock Purdy who, yeah, the measurables, of course, he's more gifted than he is, but Brock Purdy's 60 minutes away from a ring, and he never got one. Speaking of quarterbacks, which quarterbacks on the field tomorrow at the Senior Bowl, along with other positions, could we hope to see maybe in Super Bowls down the road? We'll catch up with our pal Matt Miller, draft analyst from ESPN. Talk a little draft, a little Senior Bowl with him coming up next. We go to the top of the hour. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Tomorrow afternoon in Mobile, we got the Senior Bowl. A lot of talent on that field, a lot of guys who are going to be Who knows, maybe playing in Super Bowl 59 when we have this conversation a year from now. But one person who's taken it all in, of course, is our good buddy, outstanding draft analyst for us here at ESPN. It's our buddy, Matt Miller. Matt Dangrasa, good to talk to you again, my friend. How's Mobile treating you? Uh, So I got home today, so I I got out. Mobile was amazing, though. Uh, Fantastic, as always. Uh, They do such a great job, honestly, of putting on the event, hosting hundreds of media members, um, a great time and no better atmosphere, you know, to be out there evaluating players, you know, kind of getting everybody on a, a level playing field. Uh, it's, it's my favorite draft event that's not the NFL draft. So a great week as always. Yeah, Jim Nagy and his team do a great job, took the torch from Phil Savage and just carried right on there. It really is spectacular. And, you know, for folks like myself who don't get a chance to get down there, you know, ESPN, NFL Network, they do a great job of showcasing a lot of things. And so guys like me and the fans can end up watching and following here. But they made a change this year, which they opened it up to underclassmen that declared for the draft. So you really have probably a deeper talent pool than even usual with this crop of players, right? Yeah, a mixed bag. Uh, it's definitely helpful that they're opening it up to underclassmen who have declared for the draft. There's now an early window to declare for the draft. So if you're an underclassman who wants to participate in the Shrine Game or the Senior Bowl, you have to declare by January 5th. Otherwise, you have until January 19th. So it, it's really great. What has happened, and I, I'm, you know, I, I don't have the answer to this for what I'm about to say, but because of name, image, likeness, because of yep. money going to college players. Uh, there are fewer underclassmen entering the draft. We had a record low uh, in my time doing this. Only 54 players declared for the draft this year. So uh, the talent pool at the Senior Bowl was greatly helped by the new rule. The talent pool in this draft class has been affected by the fact that so many players are going back to school now. Fair point. And look, there's money to be made. And so these kids are going to take advantage of that and not have to worry about the real world stuff yet, I guess, Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's what they've been fighting for and advocating for for a long time. Let's go with the quarterbacks. We know how important they are. You've got a nice little group that's part of this crop down there in uh, Mobile this year. And look, Michael Penix Jr. is going to be the guy who's the head of the class. People know him from Washington in the season that he had. Look, what he showed you down there in Mobile, Matt, it's probably not all that different from what he showed you on the field. He's accurate as hell when he spins that ball. Accurate, strong arm. I think that's what showed up most. You know, I, it was my first opportunity to watch him in person, and I was really surprised, you know, at just how much velocity there is coming off the ball. It was, it was beautiful. And I'll say this, he's also he's bigger than I expected. Um, you know, I mean, you look at the size, like, all right, 6'3", 2'12", whatever. Uh, but seeing him in person, I was surprised at how well he carries that weight. Um, so, yeah, he had, a, he had a good week. You know, the biggest thing for, for Michael is going to be in medical. He was at Indiana for four years before Washington. He was injured to end this season all four of those years. So that's going to be the big question is when we get to the NFL scouting combine, uh, what, what are we looking at in terms of yeah, two ACL injuries on the same knee, 
what are we looking at as far as, you know, the shoulder injuries that he had? So um, really talented player, but but there's definitely going to be some, some injury questions that I can't watch him on the field of Mobile and answer those. It's going to be something that the team doctors are going to have to let us know what to expect and, and what that's going to do to his draft stock. Well, how much does performance in the national championship game impact it? Because you can make the case that if, if Washington would have lost to Texas, given how well he played, people might be a little bit higher on him than they are, let's say, if they take that Michigan game into consideration, right? It matters. You're absolutely right. And I'll, I'll point back to last year. We C.J. Stroud against Georgia. There's this narrative about C.J. plays his tail off against Georgia and completely flips the narrative on – you know, people were saying, oh, he can't run, he can't do this, he can't do that. Uh, yeah, he can, and he did it really well against Georgia. Similarly, you know, Penix looks so good against Texas, but then you play against Michigan and have – I think that was the worst game he had as the Washington quarterback was against Michigan. So it's not great that you leave that lasting impression, but that matters more to us in the media than it matters to NFL teams. You know, it, it really mm-hmm. does. And, you know, he's got – guy's got six years of tape. You know, so there's plenty of football. If you want to watch him play football – you can, you can find the tape that will let you do that. Talking some senior bowls, some draft with Matt Miller of ESPN here on 98.7 ESPN here. Um, a guy who stood out to me, and I'm sure you as well, and look, I know we had a first-round grade on him coming into this uh, weekend down there, this week down in Mobile, but the corner out of Toledo, Quinion Mitchell, I, I mean, has he now elevated himself to maybe being the number one corner in this draft? I mean, he was outstanding for those few days of practice. I think there's a, there's a possibility he's in the number two corner conversation, at least for me. Tyrion Arnold from Alabama is in a group all by himself. He's, he's really special. And, and of course, you know, one of those underclassmen we didn't get to see this week, but he is, he, he's a different caliber player. But you are spot on. Quinion Mitchell, you know, had a, a first-round grade. Uh, six interceptions, 27 passes defense the last two seasons. Only allowed 40% of passes thrown his way to be completed. But you wanted to see it in person against – you know, coming out of Toledo, you want to see him against Power 5 guys. You want to see him against Georgia. You want to see him against Michigan. And he was, I mean, he was locked down. Uh, he was the best, I think he was the best defensive player at the Senior Bowl. So he absolutely helped himself quite a bit this week. And, you know, we might be talking about a top 20 pick as it stands right now. So that is the beauty of the Senior Bowl. You go down and answer those questions, and before you know it, you're a top 20 pick. Now, both of the locals here, the Jets and the Giants, they're in need of some offensive line help, so they could be targeting tackles, let's say, with those first-round first, uh, first round picks, both of them coming in the top ten. This tackle group is really, really deep, and I know that they were already talking about the fact that the record was seven tackles to go in the first round. They might break that this year, possibly with eight. This group is a pretty strong one, no? It really is, and we saw that at the Senior Bowl uh, with – uh, Talise Fawaga from Oregon State and Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma. They will both be first-round picks. They looked amazing there. They looked the way you're supposed to. Um, and then we've got some underclassmen. You know, Joe Alt, Notre Dame, uh, Olu Fashano, Penn State, J.C. Latham, Alabama, Amarius Mims, Georgia. There's six right there. There's six guys right there that on February 2nd, I would say, hey, those are first-round picks. And, you know, that doesn't include guys like Patrick Paul from Houston who had a good week, Graham Barton from Duke who had a good week. So we could see we could see eight. And I think we can maybe, you know, offensive line total, we might see 10. This is going to be a a draft where the first round is going to be quarterbacks, wide receivers, offensive tackles, and then a a sprinkling of some defensive guys. I wasn't that high. Not, I I don't want to say high. I wasn't necessarily too familiar with Tyler Guyton before this week, but just watching him, this is a guy who was a tight end 
and he only had 15 starts collegially one year, right, basically as a starting tackle on the college level. How much does that necessarily go into the grading when you're evaluating a guy like that who is learning a new position still? Yeah, it's a big part of it. And, you you know, you look at that and you say, okay, how many starts does this guy have? How many starts does he have as, you know, at this position, that position? It is a big part. Or, you know, it's so there's a, a mixed part of it. There's the readiness aspect of it of like okay he's only played 14 games he's you know maybe not gonna be as ready to go um the other side is you look at it and say look how good he could get you know if that if he's that good after 14 games how good could he be after 30 you know how good could he be with nfl coaching and 15 more games so that's what gets pretty uh pretty exciting and i i'm i mean we all self-scout you know and saying okay i have a type my types tend to be those guys where it's like, gosh, think how good he could be with a little more coaching or a little more experience because uh, it's, it's fun to watch that and see, okay, you know, Lane Johnson's a great example of another guy at Oklahoma who quarterback, tight end, he moved all over, finally settles in a tackle and becomes one of the best in the NFL. Do you think, and look, April's still a ways away, of course, and there's a lot that's going to happen. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the combine yet and all these other workouts, interviews. Do you think it's three quarterbacks right off the board, one, two, three, in whatever particular order come draft day at this point? I think so right now. Um, I, the team that gives me pause is the New England Patriots because we they don't have a GM. Like, we don't know, we don't know who's making the decisions there. You know, I, I said this at the Senior Bowl. If you wanted to call New England to trade for the number three overall pick right now, who would answer the phone? <laughs> I, I don't know. Bob Kraft. I don't know who answers the phone. <laughs> right, yeah. It was like, who answers? So, um, you know, I think that's, that's a question mark right now. But it – Everything I've heard, Chicago takes Caleb Williams. Uh, Washington probably takes Drake May. And then the Patriots have a conversation about Jaden Daniels, wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., or they have a conversation about trading down because that is a bad roster. You probably have the feeling you're not one player away. So, you know, trading down might be at least in the conversation for them. Should be interesting and just getting underway. The path to the draft starting now, as they say. Matt, always appreciate a couple of minutes, my friend. I'm sure we're going to be talking plenty between now and April, but always appreciate a couple of minutes. Yeah, of course. Great to talk to you again. All right. There is Matt Miller, draft expert for us here at ESPN. I love the Senior Bowl. Like I said, tomorrow at 1 o'clock, it's on the NFL Network. Going to be a lot of fun. And I said, for the teams here with the Jets and the Giants, who both are in dire need of offensive line help, this tackle group is extremely, extremely deep. Talisi Fonga, the guy he said, for the, the tackle from Oregon State, best run blocker in this entire draft, plays with a mean streak. That is a guy that has been mocked to the Jets in a lot of these uh, mock drafts at 10. So uh, you should still be able to get a good one, even sitting there at number 10 where the Jets are. And, of course, the Giants pick at number 6. They're going to have an earlier pick at one of these offensive linemen. We'll close it out with you guys on the phones, 800-919-3776. Dan Gross' show, we roll to the top on 9870 ESPN. Real quick, before we get back to the phones, a, a fantastic college hoops weekend, especially tomorrow. Fant- I mean, like, seriously, from sea to shining sea, a sensational slate of games. Starting things off right here in this great city, at noon at the Garden, you got UConn and St. John's. Both coaches, Hurley and Patino, have been kind of trading barbs a little bit. You know how big of a game this is for the Johnnies? They haven't been playing very well of late. Uh, That was a bad loss, I thought, the other night at Xavier. Tomorrow's going to be a tough one, no doubt, but that should be a rocking atmosphere at MSG, so you got that at noon. You got Houston against Kansas tomorrow afternoon. That's a big one in the Big 12. Kansas just got picked off by Iowa State. Iowa State's at Baylor 
tomorrow night. That's another tremendous matchup. You got the first Duke-North Carolina showdown tomorrow. That one uh, is at UNC. That's a 6.30. You got Tennessee going to Kentucky tomorrow night. That's a great game. And then Sunday afternoon, you got Purdue-Wisconsin out of the Big Ten, number two against number six. So really, really good college hoops if you need something to help you Bide your time until uh, the Super Bowl next weekend. Let's say hi to Rob in Smithtown. He's up next here on 98.7. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, Rob. What's going on? It, it really is annoying because, see, I'm a big, you know, Jets fan, and, mm-hmm. and I'm just curious. You think, like, Wilson's going to be on the Jets next year? Because Zach Wilson? Yeah, because, I, because hasn't he been, like, getting, like, like, I don't know, like lots of like injuries now. Uh, Rob, I, and thank you for the phone call. I think there's a better chance of Woodrow Wilson being on the Jets next year than Zach Wilson. Uh, Lavelle is in Yonkers. He's up next. Lavelle, how you doing? Damn the man. Woodrow Wilson would be awesome in the pocket. Look, just having Woodrow Wilson on the, even if he's on the sidelines, like holding the clipboard, I think that would be cool. You know what I'm saying with those I like old time glasses. Absolutely, and he's completely decomposed, so it would terrify the competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting funny, and we're mixing history into the show tonight. I love it. <laughs> so, so we've had a lot of ups and downs this football season, Dan. I called you the first game after Aaron Rodgers went down and told you that the Jets were winning the Super Bowl, so I've been in the witness protection program ever since. That's okay. But, that's okay. They won, hey, fan, Lavelle, they won that game. They they at least won that yeah, game somehow, exactly, right? Yeah. Shout yeah, out Xavier Gibson. My, absolutely. But let me mind my Charger fan business. But it's a great time to be a Charger fan, but there's no team I'm more passionate about than the Knicks. This Jalen Brunson, and I was telling my friends, like, the only way the Knicks are going to get a superstar is Tom Brady style. And that's exactly what happened. A, a, a gem, a diamond in the rough that nobody realized because we don't draft well, as I look at Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, as I look at SGA, we, we no superstar ever wants to come here. So I said we just kind of got to have that one that we just stumble upon, and and it, it, we couldn't ask for more. But the, the issue is the, the real reason I called you is people say that he got snubbed for the All Star, but he didn't get snubbed. It's just that New Yorkers don't vote. My buddy goes, man, I can't believe they didn't that that he's not in the All Star game. I said, did you vote? He said, well, no. I said, well, what do you expect? You people don't vote. How's he going to be in the All Star game? Like, I voted, but I, sh- I feel bad that I didn't vote for him more than once. Like, people around the country are voting for their guys every day. And, well, that's, and I, you know, I that's just a, Yeah, but Lavelle, that's just like a starter thing. You know what I mean? Like, the coaches, the players that, like, pick the reserves at least, like, they're the, they're the ones that are supposed to know, like, what ball is and who's really good and who's deserving. Yeah. The, the, I got to be honest with you. I haven't voted for any of those All-Stars in, in over 20 years probably. I, I don't know what the fault. hell, how to, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we have you to blame, Dan. <laughs> oh yeah, it's my it's my fault, right? Exactly, it's my fault. The rest of the league, but you know what it is? Like I said, Lavelle, and, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. We got to get out of Dodge, but get back to us. Like when we were getting into the whole thing, like when he was what sixth in the vote, and like Trey Young was ahead of him, and I made the point then. Think about it. Like Trey Young is on the Hawks. The Hawks aren't marketing a winning product because they stink. The only thing that the Hawks would have to market is Trey Young. And by the way, how does he not make the All Star team? Even as a reserve, what is he averaging? Like twenty-seven and ten, and I think like they showed a stat that like there's been only like one other person or two other people that have uh, had twenty-seven and ten assists averaged and missed the All-Star game. One of them was Trey Young, I think, like a, a year or so ago. You know why? Because twenty-seven and ten doesn't mean as much as what it used to. 
Because back then, if somebody had averaged 27 and 10, you were like, oh, my God, when it was actually, like, hard to do it. Now, because everybody scores, and, you know, offense is, is second nature in the NBA, it's almost like it's minimized. Anyway, that was a fun show tonight, really. Good job, everybody involved. Thanks to Matt Miller for joining us. Thanks to Julian. Thanks to Chantel. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you next week, folks. Anita's up next with the weekend wager. Grass is saying so long on 98.7 ESPN.